0: Welcome to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This week, Travis and I go over tons of hot topics from the last week of the MLB season. Clayton Kershaw flirts with perfection, but Dave Roberts, of course, made a controversial choice. Other controversial choices went on uh, in managing wise in terms of Joe Madden intentionally walking a run in while losing in the fourth inning. Tons of other hot topics include uh, rising players like uh, Jeremy Pena and Seiya Suzuki. Also, uh, other cold performers, guys like Marcus Simeon, guys like Gleyber Torres, and so on. Also, are Yelich and Bellinger back? Question mark. Well, you're going to find out on this episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Let's get into it. Hello, listeners. My name is Alex Jonitz, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd. He was a total stud on his D3 college team, and this is the Two Jewels Baseball Podcast. Enjoy.
1: Enjoy. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 57. Alex and I are coming to you live Tuesday night, April 19th. We're about just 10 games officially into the season, Alex. Uh, games have been starting to finish up tonight. Some exciting ones, actually. Max Freed. Perfect game through six. I believe what was just ended in the sixth inning. I don't know which Dodger hitter, though, but. Hanser Alberto. Hanser Alberto, the unknown hero coming through to end it. So we've already seen some crazy pitching performances the last couple of weeks. Max Fried. Clayton Kershaw will get deeper, uh, take a deeper dive into that. But uh, great pitching performances by some very crafty lefties. Uh, But yeah, 10 games into the season, Alex, we're seeing I I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but we're also seeing a lot of teams starting to kind of just I don't want to say pull away, but we're definitely seeing who's good. Who's bad? Maybe some fakers, maybe some teams that are struggling early, but we know will pick it up. Um, I know it's always a confusing time for baseball fans. Alex, I remember one year ago, we were doing our power rankings. I think the first power rankings of the season, I think I had the Kansas City Royals in the top three. Fast forward to July, August. They're just nowhere to be found. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it's always kind of an interesting and fun time to look at that. But um, kicking it off this episode, Alex, let's start with some people that actually announced their retirement Jake Arrieta, Tony Watson. We'll start first with Jake Arietta. Uh 2015 Cy Young winner. I think, honestly, when you if you were to ask me who was the 2015 Cy Young winner, I probably could not tell you. I, I would be so stunned. I'd probably think about Johnny Cueto. i think about Kershaw. I think about Granky, and then you'd say Arietta, and I would say, holy smokes, that was such a dominant year. Um, probably the one year Arietta will go down as being like. Prime time. This is what he's known for. That season was unreal. I think he even threw a no hitter against the Dodgers that season. But it was a special season by the Chicago Cubs. They went on to the League Championship Series. But Jake Arrieta was so dominant that year. He retires. Thoughts on uh, on Jake Arrieta as a player, and uh, I guess that prime of Jake Arrieta.
0: Yeah, overall, definitely a storied career. The 2016 Cubs stuff. You know, helping break that curse. That was definitely just a huge. Uh, milestone a monumental kind of you know thing that all those cubs players that got that ring are gonna kind of be able to cherish forever definitely one of the most historic uh, rings of our lifetime uh so yeah i think that overall like you said the Young season is really special the ring is really special um definitely sort of faded out a bit in the last couple of seasons so you kind of knew it was time but yeah i think overall definitely just a really great player when he was uh, at his best uh in the in the mlb um, switching over to the other, uh, recent retirement announcement is Tony Watson. Travis was on the angels actually last season, got traded to the giants, was a giant before as well as a Dodger before. And I think I'm missing one more team. Maybe the Mets, I'm not hundred percent, but, um, Tony Watson, Travis, interesting bit of trivia I saw actually the all time leader in MLB for holds, wow. which is really interesting. It just kind of shows he was really good in a in a specific role dominant in a, in a specific role which was just you get him in the right matchups in the middle of the game and he will hold down that lead super super good at uh you know the lefty lefty matchups especially but just overall a career era below three um for a guy who pitched that into you know into his age 40. Um, That definitely just shows uh, a level of extended dominance kind of season after season in the relief pitcher role, never really a dominant closer, just always a good setup guy, a good middle of the game guy in the right matchups was able to be really dominant in that role. So another guy who, even though might not be breaking, you know, lots of history books, actually some sneaky trivia with him on that holds record. Uh, Any other reaction to that,
1: Travis? Did not know that. I know last year... um... Was put in a lot of tough situations, so I think Angel fans kind of got a different perspective of him. Uh, I think the, the last year the story was inherited runners. I think that was that was the main thing. Yeah, him and Steve Schieck were always put in tough situations, second and third, and one out. It's like okay, and great. It, you, you kind of have to just say, you know, you kind you kind of got to say sorry to those kind of situations because you know they should be starting the inning with a clean slate, new batter, no one on base, but. um no, looking over his career stats, Alex, I mean, a career 290 ERA um, kind of guy. Go back to actually the main prime of his career was Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh from 2011 to 2016. He was um, he was probably a great combo with Melanson back in that early teens of the Pittsburgh Pirates. McCutcheon, Garrett Cole, some really good teams that they had back then. So uh, really good prime there. And then, of course, he made his trip out west Dodgers, Giants, Angels finished up his career with those three teams uh, from 2017 to 2021. Actually, on the Dodgers in uh, 2017 when they went to the World Series, so he actually got traded during the middle of the season to the Dodgers. So, um, you know, has been a part of a lot of elite and electric bullpens, and uh, yeah, just I, it's fun to see some of those guys that uh, you know, I, you know, Tony Watson will probably get maybe even. <laughs> point one percent of a hall of fame vote but you know it, it's just one of those That's guys okay, yeah it, it's one of those guys that you know he had a good career he can look at his career numbers and say you know what he was able to do uh really special especially that prime he played in uh you know 2011 to 2021 um some good seasons with some really good ball clubs and was a big impact player so uh two iconic names that i guess we really um not i wouldn't say grew up watching but just kind of as our as our baseball knowledge careers kind of took a deeper dive into like the 2010s era Arietta Watson at their primes in those eras basically when we look at like our high school and even our college days Alex those guys are definitely guys that will stick out Um, uh, especially Arietta with that 2015 season what he's able to do for the uh, for the Cubs in 2016 Um, and then of course getting a, a good contract to go to Philly kind of went downhill though from there and then i think we saw him last year with the san diego padres pitching like three games with them and it was it It was rocky it it was rocky and it was kind of just one of those situations where the where the padres were dealing with so many injuries they had just huge setbacks and they just needed a guy to get through uh get through games and arietta was a guy that was on the free agent market or a guy that could be traded for so he was the guy to get through it yeah
0: 100 um so yeah i I mean it's interesting to see those guys just kind of decide to retire when they didn't get picked up in the off season but Overall, um, I think just good to kind of cover on them, uh, Travis. I'm gonna trans- transition now to the first kind of uh, topic of the episode I want to cover on this season, and that is so far, Travis, based on just their numbers so far. I'm gonna ask you: Are Yelich and Bellinger back? Briefly, gonna go over some of their numbers, and then we can kind of discuss. I'm glad on, you brought a, that a up a little bit. Yeah, Christian Yelich, Travis. Uh, so far this season, he has played. Uh, 10 games. This is not including games today, of course. They won't be on fan graphs or, or baseball reference quite yet. He's hitting only 242, which is, you know, in terms of an average, nothing like his MVP years, but his on base is almost 400 out of 395. His slugging is over at 450, so 455. It's good for a 140 WRC plus. And a lot of his expected stats kind of show that he could be even hitting even better going forwards um than what he's hitting right now um so already travis a good start i think just one homer he had a grand slam there other night yeah um, yeah uh against the pirates i think but overall travis he strikes out quite a bit but he's walking an absolute ton over 18 percent of his at-bats end up being walks and then uh when he does hit the ball he hits it very hard um Some of the launch angle stuff is starting to finally swing in the positive direction for him uh, because he just had so many ground outs um, in the last couple of seasons. So Travis, give me your thoughts on Yelich before we go over to Bellinger.
1: Yeah, you know, Yelich, I think, was the one guy that I had a little bit more faith in than Bellinger uh, just because his bat had not completely gone away like you said, he hit the ball, and I think he hit the ball right at people, and also he hit the ball on the ground a lot, so if he could just fix his swing and create more of a launch angle swing, that way he could drive the ball in the gap, drive the ball to the ballpark, so um, he's definitely on the rise, I would say, Uh, and that that Grand Slam was kind of a a feel-good moment because it felt like could this be the tipping point where we get Yelich back to old form uh was his first home run on the season um so of course that that's a little shocking as well you know 10 games in only one home run but that's kind of the Yelich we've seen in the past couple of seasons but you're right i mean the on-base numbers are uh, are fantastic the slugging numbers of course could could get up a little bit higher but if you're if you're hovering around you know a 400 on base a 500 slugging you can't really ask nothing else. I mean, if you told him he, that's going to be your numbers, he'd take that every day. Easily, right? yeah. easily, easily. And so um, we'll see as maybe his uh, batting average could get up slightly a little more. I, I mean, it's funny how we when we when we saw him in his later days in Miami and then, of course, the early stages of, of Milwaukee, he was a 300 hitter at least. You look at those seasons in Milwaukee, 18 and 19, a 326, a 329 batting average. He was always a threat for a batting title every single season so the batting average has dipped a bit but it's nice to see the on-base percentage rising back up he's seeing more pitches he's working more walks um and that's maybe you know that that, that's making pitchers a little bit more cautious on what to throw him and that could of course uh help out with the batting average uh so you know what i mean a good start from him a good start It, it was funny i think a week ago A lot of things have changed. A week ago, the Brewers were looking rocky. They lost the series to the Cubs. And then, of course, I think they almost got swept by the... uh baltimore orioles and we're already thinking oh my god you know the brewers need to get some wins together they've had a very nice response played the cardinals won that series um and then of course they're doing well now and yelich of course has been a uh, a nice bright spot with that team they've really picked it up so um really encouraging to see him i could see him of course not returning back to the batting average yelich but the ops easily could i see back at, at 900 ops this season we'll see how he does with all that stuff though
0: yeah Looking at the numbers for Bellinger now, Travis, um, it's not that difficult to improve on his 2021, right? He just had to be an average player, and he would be a a vast improvement on his 2021. But so far this season, you could definitely say he's been well above average. Um, He's hitting a two seventy eight batting average. Which is above his career batting average, so you definitely take that. A 366 on on-base percentage, which is above his career on-base percentage, and a 500 slugging, which is just barely below his career average for slugging. So that's good for a 147 wRC+. Plus, um, some of the expected stats say his numbers might drop a bit, but I think overall um it's probably fair to expect the bellinger of 2022 is going to be better than bellinger of 2021 which i'm sure is a great sign for dodger fans because you want to have his batting lineup at least if it's at the bottom of that stack dodger lineup you're going to get a good lefty bat and you're going to get great defense already has three steals with two homers so the powered speed combo is already kind of working uh for him
1: might be might be able to even see a uh, 30 30 season this year for him i mean maybe fun with, with what it's looking like right now three stolen bases in 10 games um Easily can match 30 stolen bases this yeah. season, which we were pretty, pretty fun to see.
0: On the table for sure. So, Travis, I guess give me your just general thoughts on the step up from last year for Bellinger.
1: Yeah, well, I already see his uh, OPS plus last year, 45. This year right now, it's 145. So, so you can definitely quite, quite say a big difference. he's the comeback player of the year just by right now standards. I don't think any other player right now has had 100— 100 point increase their ops plus so far in the season from last season so so far so good the war alex already a half a war 0.5 war on the season last year was in the negatives you know he brings good defense and if he could just hit like he's doing right now he's going to provide a very good war a six war easily could be accomplished by bellinger this year so um very encouraging to see him kind of get back on track hitting the baseball. I think we're, I think we accustomed to know now that Bellinger's going to strike out a lot. He has 12 strikeouts already. I think the first weekend against the Rockies, I think it was close to eight strikeouts or something like that. So he's definitely improved over our last podcast. It's funny how we both were even talking. We just didn't know what to expect from this guy. We were talking about, I mean, should they trade him? Should they release you know, not release him, but should they, should they um move him back down to AAA? And now, of course, he's kind of proved us wrong and he's now he's kind of uh he's going back to, the, I guess, that high productive, uh, you know, producing player in Cody Bellinger that we've seen um in years past. Not to say and, and that's the thing about Yelich and Bellinger. We're gonna hold them to the 2018, 2019 standards. Where they had just insane monster years, they will never probably have those seasons ever again. But like I said, going to a you know an eight sixty six a nine hundred OPS would be a fantastic rebound for both those guys right now. And they do play good defense. They do play. Um, good. They, they, they do have smart base running. Those are two guys that can steal 30 bags as we are. I've already seen for Yelich. Yeah. Bellinger can do the same thing right now. He looks like he's on track to breaking his, uh, single season stolen base number already. 15 was the high for him in 20. Uh, let's see. It was 2019. That was his career high. Looks like he can get break that this season, be a little more of a speed threat. Um, so we'll see. I mean, honestly, right now, so far, so good for both those guys. Um, they're, quickly rebounding into a very productive player. I think Yelich is at a 0.4 baseball reference war right now. So both guys already at almost half a war. Very, very nice to see.
0: Yeah, uh, great breakdown there. Um, It'd be great to see those guys uh, at least being almost like all-star level guys going forwards uh, this season and beyond because I think, you know, even though – even though you and I like to poke fun at the Dodgers, we both like. I think baseball is better when Bellinger is good. Yeah. He's just such a talented player. Him and player. Yelich
1: are good. Yeah, and then
0: yeah. Yelich is just a guy who, as MVP upside, of course, um, almost went back to back. And then just the fall off he had, we'd love to see him return, be the spark for the Brewers' offense that they so so, so desperately need. Travis, I think that if Yelich all of a sudden looks like an all star again, and the Brewers are being dominant in their division, there's no excuse at that point not to make some like a deadline bat. Easily. Additions because Easily. can you imagine like if they actually have the offense above average with that staff all of a sudden the playoffs we were saying last year how they needed the bat uh and then they got like, guys like Eduardo Escobar yeah and uh, of course they got Willie Adames so I mean they made some good moves but the the rest of the supporting the supporting cast so far has not been that great offensively for them but Yelich has been good so hopefully they can hopefully they can continue to, to surround him with you know. Talented bats going forwards. Travis, now another transition. Let's talk about the Kershaw almost perfect game. For those that don't know, you probably have heard, but in case you haven't, you
1: probably have heard. It was all over, yeah, Twitter. (laughs) in, In case you
0: haven't heard, he went seven innings perfect in Minnesota against the Twins. Coach Dave Roberts decides, I'm sure he decides with Kershaw. I'm sure they had a discussion. Um, after seven innings he'd hit his pitch count already i think it was around 80 pitches if i'm not mistaken
1: it was yeah 80 pitches first start
0: and so uh, because of that and the uh delayed spring training as a result and delayed spring training and shortened spring training as a result of the lockout it the most pitchers first starts travis were in the 60 to 80 pitch range um I don't even know if anyone's gotten 100 yet. I don't think anyone has. I don't
1: think so either. Um, yeah,
0: But Travis, give me your initial react, or I guess your just overall reaction, pulling a pitcher in the middle of a perfect game, and of course, you put in the reliever Vesia, who I think is a good reliever, but you know you have an all-time great Kershaw on the mound. You put in a good reliever, immediately gives up a base hit, ends the perfect game, ends the no-hitter give me your reaction
1: it stings um and i'm sure it stings dave roberts i'm sure it stings dodger fans because you know i love dave roberts reaction where they definitely have a bigger and better um plan this season than having kershaw go out there and pitch a perfect game they know that their objective is to win a world series they've been very high on that i think they kept on pointing back to, you know, we're back to a full, healthy, you know, 162. We need to prove to America and, you know, the world that, you know, the Dodgers can win a World Series. I, it was funny. I, I saw an interview with Dave Roberts, and he's actually pointing out to 2020. And he was saying, I just want to prove to the world and shut them up that we can win a World Series in a full season. So, um, it, you know, going out there and pulling a guy like that I, I know it might sound like a terrible move, but at the same time, I think it's a good move. I think that day in Minnesota it was it was in the 30s. I mean you're, you're pitching with cold it was weather. Really, it' was really cold. you know, who knows what happens after if you know if Kershaw goes out there and pitches, you know, pitches into the eighth inning and you know something happens tweaks something, you know you, you don't know what happens, but at the same time I you know, would something even happen? It's kind of that situation. Um, it, it stings. It's a tough situation um i'm not too upset about it but the same time it's a perfect game what there's been 23 in history yeah um it's it's extremely rare um it sucks because kershaw has yet to get a perfect game he has a no hitter but a perfect game would mean a lot same time though you know what go out there and win a ball game that's your main objective I definitely see that it just honestly I think the worst thing is it had to come his first start and every manager and every pitcher knows you're not going to be stretched out your first start especially when you're pitching in cold weather um just I I don't know I don't I don't even know if the last time I've seen a pitcher throw 100 pitches in their first start maybe Scherzer DeGrom in some freakish start where they're like give me the ball I'm not leaving and they're like their home ballpark if they were at Dodger Stadium though Alex I would definitely see and I'd want to say leave him in let the fans rally get him get back behind him um let's see what he can do but I think in the circumstances with such the big lead um yeah, I think Dave Roberts, you know, pulling him was not uh, such a terrible idea. You know, I, I think that just getting the win is the best thing, and the best case and the best uh, best case scenario out there. But at the same time, it's such a it's such a tough situation. I'm even doubting myself. You know, I would love to have seen him go out there and pitch more. But at the same time, again, you have a you have a different plan for the season. You have a plan on winning the World Series this year, and he needs to be a big piece of that. Um what really would suck is, of course, if they have they go through another August of Kershaw back injuries, and then you look back at this and say, "Well, thanks a lot." You know, you know, right. you can't really tell the future, but it definitely sucks because it's a tough situation. I think I saw um, the announcer. What, what is it? Uh, is it Joe Davis? Yeah, Joe Davis. He was saying that it was one of um, it was Dave Roberts' probably toughest decisions in his managerial career. And at first, I was like, "That's the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life." Like, he's definitely made tougher decisions, but at the same time, I'm thinking. You know what? That is because, yeah, you're going to take a lot of heat from the media and you're probably going to prevent Kershaw from ever getting a perfect game or getting that close um, which in what could be his last season with the Dodgers. But at the same time, you know, you're early on in April, you know, you're on the road, you're really not playing a game. I mean, you're playing a game that's going on and, you know, during the day, there's probably low viewership for that game. You know, it, it's 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 a tough situation.
0: Hundred <laughs> percent. I pretty much agree with what you're saying. I do think that um, if I was in Dave Roberts' shoes, you know, I guess I understand both viewpoints. A lot of people will say just leave him in for the perfect game. It's such great history, and I, I do agree with that sentiment. But for me, it just comes down to what does Kershaw want to do? And I'd pretty much let him decide. Because the one thing he does not have on his resume is a perfect game, of course. Has the no-hitter. Has a a 2020 ring, multiple (laughs) Cy Youngs, MVP. Um, He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He honestly, Travis, like there's a chance, especially if they win another ring, there's a chance he goes in like unanimous almost. I feel like he's just such a respected like flawless, like resume kind of player, the perfect game would be the friggin' cherry on top. It would be so perfect. But at the same time, um, if you asked Kershaw and you said, would you rather have a ring at, or a perfect game plus like maybe say like uh, 30% chance uh, you're injured in the postseason, I think he'd probably take the postseason yeah. uh, health. So like, um, with that being said uh, – I think he'd
1: rather pitch in October than pitch – You know, a perfect game in April, you know what I mean? Right,
0: and I do think that some fans um, get really emotionally tied to the perfect game, and I do understand why because it's been so rare. Um, And it would be awesome to see that on his resume. He's the one pitcher, Travis, where it really kind of stings because it would be the ultimate cherry on his resume. Easily. If it was just some random uh, average Joe, it's like, first of all, they'd probably leave him in because they don't really care if he gets hurt. And that's funny
1: because we've seen that. We've seen so many average Joes go out there and pitch a perfect game, and you think to yourself— you know inner circle hall of famers can't do this but just you know it, it's such an average the, uh, the, accomplishment and, yeah, or, and yeah.
0: And the one dodger or the one guy who who's like a total total legend that has done it is of course koufax and him being like the dodgers yeah. lefty of the mm-hmm. past kershaw could have been like the echo the, the the repeat uh of that kind of same legacy of the present but at the end of the day travis uh, i'm sure some dodger fans are really upset they pulled kershaw yeah i do understand why i think that um if you do get a ring this season, Dodger fans and, and Kershaw, I think you'll be okay with the decision that was made in April. Yeah, so yeah. um and that I,
1: will definitely probably be thrown out there. Uh if Kershaw makes a World Series start this year and does very well, that'll definitely be thrown out there. They'll free service that tweet from, you know, six to seven months ago. So
0: right. And and I Dave Roberts had a quote after the game saying he has to coach the game With his managing hat on, not his fan hat on. Because obviously as a fan of Kershaw, I'm sure he loves Kershaw as a player. Would love to see him achieve greatness and and immortality with the perfect game. But um, as a coach, when your goal is to win games, when your goal is to make the playoffs, make the World Series, um, it becomes obvious what the choice should be if you're thinking completely without you know the emotions of the moment so uh i respect the dedication to winning that was i guess on display yeah. even though of course Vessia comes in and allows allows hits but um in terms of winning on the season perspective uh i think it's definitely the right move so long-winded kind of analysis there travis i think that uh, we covered it well uh keep moving on travis uh we went from a really good pitching performance. Now I want to talk about a kind of more questionable <laughs> one. Today, Travis, and also kind of recently in general, Garrett Coles had some problems. Today he had a bit of a meltdown uh on the mound. Not not with his emotion, but with his performance. I think he went uh one and two-thirds innings, or maybe one and one third inning. But it was he got pulled in the second inning, and I think he walked five batters. And got like five outs. So that just kind of shows his inability to kind of uh, w- uh, beat the batters in the zone. Ended up walking a lot of guys, give up a couple hits.
1: Um, the spider tech jokes have been pretty good.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and, and I think just seeing a guy who going into this season, a consensus top three starting pitcher. I think Degrom and Burns were the only guy who who could possibly give an, an edge over over Cole. I think we both had Cole
1: second, right? Or, yeah, I'm looking like I'm uh, I've been wasting some uh, Cy Young money because that was my Cy Young guy for the AL right now. Which that's you know, right. You know, hey, I mean, it's a long season ahead it, yeah, of us. it is. It is. Yeah. Um,
0: we've seen guys go rocky starts and finish super strong, but um, I guess give me your overall reaction to. Uh, seeing DeGrom or sorry seeing a Garrett Cole have such a I mean a bad outing today But overall not the best outing on the season. How does that affect the Yankees going forwards? Do you think it's just a blip do you think
1: this is a, a bigger issue? Yeah, and the one concerning number two is you know nine and uh, Nine and two th- or two-thirds of innings pitched so far I um, think it's not counting today, but only nine strikeouts So you're only only averaging a strikeout inning and this guy you know i feel like every single time this guy goes out there it's seven seven innings 14 strikeouts he's almost doubling the strikeouts for innings pitched. so that's also one thing is he's not getting a lot of guys to strike out as much as he used to um i don't i don't think of it as a huge deal just yet just because i don't want to you know just start making all these claims and accusations you know in the first 10 games i think a lot of guys still have to get it figured out i'm not even blaming a lot of some of these pitchers for slow starts you know four weeks ago they were just starting spring training practically so yeah some of these guys need to really get revamped and uh you know kind of just get a two to three week run period of getting used to you know the season starting and then of course um they can get back on the edge but uh it is kind of a interesting start and i'm looking at it right now a 5.59 era and again i don't, I don't think that counts today so it's right. probably gone up um it's not a good start yankees are probably very concerned upset of course with what this guy's getting paid and um the staff def- desperately needs him to uh to pick things up as well because you know you got other guys pitching pretty well i think a couple days ago um we might get into a little bit later but nestor cortez um immaculate inning and uh he's proving to be a very nice starting pitcher for them um as well as some other guys as well but uh Desperately, Yankees need him. If they want to get to the playoffs, if they want to win a division, they need Garrett Cole to be Cy Young esque um, to to lead them there. That's why they paid him all that money. And then, of course, all the offense will pick up uh after him. But yeah, it it, it is a, a troubling start right now. Not panicked not not hundred percent on uh, on the panic button yet. But it's something that definitely needs to uh, be reassessed with with his approach on the mound when he goes and pitches every single time. He's had some tough opponents, but you know, you definitely still need to, uh, to beat those division rivals. I think the first game was the Red Sox. Second start was the Blue Jays. So those are very high powered offenses, but he uh, he is getting paid to kind of beat those teams. Exactly. There's no excuse for that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, really, really need to look forward to see him, uh, you know, getting back out there and, uh, performing like he should be. So, uh, definitely an interesting start for him.
0: Yeah, and the funny thing to me is obviously they pulled him because there was a major control issue, walked five batters in less than two innings, but only allowed two runs, and the Yankees still win the game 4-2. to So it is very funny that, um, you know, obviously they felt like Cole had to be taken out, uh, you know, let him kind of reassess, reset, get ready for the next start. I was wrong. Only allowed allowed one hit. So five walks, one hit, three Ks, two earned runs in the 1.2 innings pitched um one and two thirds clark schmidt comes in in relief gets the win which is obviously big for him to go out there and go uh over three innings and allow no earned runs I and mean, the whole bullpen allows no earned runs travis this bullpen is actually coming together really well uh assuming chapman can be chapman uh i think all the other pieces kind of fall in place before him you have
1: guys like uh, clay holmes guys like uh i think even severino right Uh, Is he coming from the bullpen? I think he... He might have had a bullpen appearance a couple nights ago. I saw him come out, and um, it was later in the game. I'm more than certain, but, uh, yeah, electric bullpen so far. And,
0: yeah, yeah, Loisiga, and (laughs) and the list goes on. Uh, Some of those arms back there. Chad Green, of course um and i think it's honestly really loaded and if chapman is chapman at the end then i think it is honestly the kind of bullpen that can pick up these kind of starts if cole goes out there gives us some runs yeah. uh, if, if tyone goes out there and has a rough couple innings this bullpen can pick up these kind of guys so overall the yankees um a lot of yankee fans travis have very high standards right they have this expectation of excellence and i respect that a lot um as a mindset for a, a franchise but People are pushing the panic button. I would say hold tight. I think Gallo has had a rough start that is going to bounce back in a big way. Um, he's hit so many smoking, just line drives right to outfielders. Um, that's going to start turning around at some point. Um, so far, uh, other guys like Donaldson, slow start. Um, shioka Travis, their catcher. One of the best hitters of the spring training, yeah. I think seven home runs might have led to all of spring training, has been pretty abysmal, about a one hundred batting average wow. so far wow. in the regular season. I expect that to at least bounce back to some degree. Yeah, not maybe not maybe not an above average hitter, but at least a you know MLB level hitter because right now he's hitting like probably more like a minor leaguer. Um, I expect I expect that to kind of improve a bit. So I think the Yankee fans who are pushing the panic button, I would say not to worry quite yet it's definitely possible they missed the postseason just based on how good the division is. Yeah. Um, some of the top level AL teams uh, are pretty rich in talent, but overall I'm not pushing the panic button on the Yankees quite yet. Although you do want to see some improvement from those kind of guys who are underperforming, like Cole, like, uh, uh, let me see here like Rizzo maybe and Gallo of course I think some of these guys can continue getting better and better so
1: no panic yet um one thing I'll say is the the Rockies are eight and three right now and I'm pretty sure the NL in baseball will say the Rockies will not finish over 500 so um you definitely have certain teams that are performing very well and some teams that are performing very uh poor right now so again we're, we're 10 10 games in pretty much um it's it's nothing at all to say that, you know, these teams will pick it up in July, August, or some of these teams will have a downfall in July or August. So, again, it's crazy how as baseball fans, I think we get caught up in the other sports, football, basketball, where they only have, you know, you know, with football only being what, 17 games in the season. And, yeah. of course, you got NBA 82 games. These kind of starts will be kind of like, ooh now we really got to pick things up and get things going right now, like an eighth of our season's already done baseball of course you're not even you know you're barely you know one one sixteenth of the way done right now so there's still a lot more to be um you know thrown out there during the season so again yeah I I think right now Garrett Cole Yankees nothing to worry about just kind of getting all those uh all those divisional games kind of over with the Red Sox the Blue Jays um you played some tough series you did well against the Blue Jays but um you know it, it's I think it's just right now it's all based on you know getting those innings in, kind of getting re uh reassessed out there and then of course kind of once may hits you can kind of pick things up and go forward but uh yeah i mean it's funny to always see this time of year when you've got some teams that are just doing crazy good and we both know that ain't gonna last i mean last year we saw the orioles 3-0 red sox 0-3 orioles were already putting up the world series banners red sox were already tearing down their stadium and you know saying the season's over but that's right look how both seasons finish so yeah
0: um just a quick update. So it looks like Severino, Travis, this year has two appearances, both starting and actually is a 2.25 ERA. So right now the, Yanke- I'm smoking, you know. <laughs> right now the Yankees rotation, it's looking like Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, uh, Tyone, uh, Jordan Montgomery, and Nestor Cortez. I think that as a front five can actually be very competitive in a stacked American League East. Um, I'm also going to add that the bullpen uh, – Loise you guys had some trouble I guess but uh Chad Green, Clay Holmes um all have having really good ERAs even Michael King so far
1: um especially when you look at some of these other AL rotations it's not the strongest league with with pitching staff so I mean the
0: the offense is what stands out I'm, I'm
1: looking at the White Sox right now with the Lance Lynn injury um you know I'm looking at some of these other rotations. I mean, the blue Jays have a pretty decently good rotation. It's pretty deep, but I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and so far, you know, you know, the Yankees offense is going to pick things up. You know, they're going to be really good. So, I mean, as long as that rotation kind of can keep everything going and Cole can kind of figure out what he needs to do moving forward, he'll be just fine. Yeah.
0: Also relief pitcher, I believe it's pronounced Lucas Litkey, but he actually has been a, a really big uh, performer for them as well. Travis, Uh, you transitioned well into it a second ago and you're talking about kind of who are the fakers and who's the real deal. I want to talk about that right now. Who do we think, based on their current standing in the league, uh, what kind of stands out as being like, oh, this is legit? And what kind of stands out as like a really big question mark for you and more like the Royals of last year where you're like, okay, even though we're a couple weeks in, and you're playing well right now. I don't think you're legit. Uh, one example I'm gonna go with off the off the bat, um, I'm going to the uh, Oakland A's who are six and five. I will say there are some good signs for them. There are some things that are going for them, uh, trending positively that I think um, is great to start with. First of all, Christian Pache is someone who they of course got in return for the Matt Olson trade, and they. Um, he has been. I trust, I follow him on Twitter, and he just tweets like the nicest, most wholesome stuff. I
1: saw that. Yeah, I, yeah.
0: I, there was this tweet like yesterday or two days ago, and he tweeted like, "Can't wait to play in front of you, uh, Oakland A's fans, like in the it home, home ballpark." that's right. And then some someone commented that commented I'm saying like, "Yeah, like three thousand people or whatever," <laughs> and then he's like. I think my I think he says something like I, it does not matter like what the quantity is, but the quality of the fans. If my fans want to watch me, then I'm excited to play for them and give them my best. Like what a player to have in your team, right? Yeah. Like, a young guy who really values that kind of relationship with the fans. So they really got. I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, say especially
1: it, going from World Series champion Atlanta to Oakland, right? It's really nice. He's
0: making the best of it. Um, that's the kind of guy you want on your team, of course. If you're going to give up your superstar Matt Olsen, you want those young guys in return who are not only going to play well, but appreciate the process um, and the kind of leveling up he's going through being a starting MLB, MLB player now. So overall, there are positive things. They did get some really good assets in those trades. But overall, I see a 6-5 and five record. And I'm not too sold on just what they're kind of doing as a team right now. Um, I think that in the... AL West, that's going to have a lot of kind of teams in the middle. The Angels, the Mariners specifically, are both going to be these kind of teams. That are, their goal is to be a few games above 500 going into like the end of the season to make a playoff push. Um, with those kind of teams in that kind of range, I think it'll be hard for the Ace to kind of keep up based on just their talent. And I assume they deal a guy like Montas as well, so... Uh, with all that in mind, I think the A's a six and five winning record could be fakers at this point. Um, only half a game back of the lead um, before tonight, so I'm they're my first faker, I guess, on my list. But um, I would still, if I'm an A's fan, be hopeful for the next couple seasons. But this season, I don't think so.
1: So and and really, uh, really shocking best run differential in the AL right now, plus fourteen, which uh, they took it to the Tampa Bay Rays in yes. that in that second series. Uh, I think they took three or four, and I know the baseball world. I was just completely shocked. I mean, uh-huh. if you're a betting man, you would go to that series and say, "I'm going to win a lot of money on money line. I'm going to win a lot of money on," you know. Uh, the spread of the of the the runs you know you put it all the race you're definitely looking at some easy wins right there but they took it to them um and really shocked them and took three or four in tampa and then of course coming home now against the orioles it seems like a series that they they could probably take and uh you know have a very nice start to the season of course i'm with you um fakers right now above 500 um I think they're a team that could be a—I think they could be a very decent, good last-place team or a fourth-place team, possibly. I think when we discussed our uh, our outlook on the AL West, the Rangers and the A's will be fighting for that fourth seed in the division, most likely. So— um, an encouraging start from the a's it's nice to see uh pitchers like irving pitchers like blackburn I'm, I'm trying to think of their first names but irving and blackburn uh so far had pretty good starts of their season right now so uh crazy to think that the a's could maybe deal them and not montas later on in the season to get some more prospects um kind of a, I, I would say honestly no a kind of encouraging sign for the a's you get all these prospects for all these superstars i know it sucks You love Chapman. You love Olsen. You love some of these guys from last season and from seasons past. But you know what? Now you kind of can rebuild with these guys. Pache could be kind of the the face of the franchise for the next couple years and, uh, you know, move on with some of these guys. Sean Murphy having having a great start. I think he's got two or three home runs so far to start the season. So he's on track with a very nice catching record this season. So um, you say A's. Of course, I'll go back to my team I pointed out earlier, the Rockies right now totally eight and three they just uh came back beat the phillies they beat the dodgers in the first series for some reason i don't know why but dodgers in colorado i think last year they played colorado in opening in the opening series they lost that series as well i'm pretty sure and i think bauer might have lost his first start with the dodgers against the rockies which is just kind of another thing where that you know you go to some of these stadiums and you just Maybe they just have your they have your your number that series, or that you just can't win in that park. But Rockies eight and three, I'm almost certain that will not last. <laughs> uh, they've had a very nice uh, you know outburst from their offense. Crone, Bryant, they've been good, uh, but they're a team that will not finish with a you know winning percentage above 700 this season. Of course, you know I I, I can see Rockies flirting maybe. With a, with a with an eighty win five hundred maybe that that's I think that's a very good season if they're around five hundred but um yeah so far good start eight and three but of course I don't see them at all uh you know being a serious contender after you know the month of June
0: yeah I think you hit that point well I agree that they are a team that would have a good. Um You'd call a season a win if they were 500, I think.
1: Oh, easily. If they yeah. were in
0: the wild card race in September, you'd say, okay, like you know, well done, well done. Um, Bryant probably gonna, you know, if he was an all star and if Crone was like got some, uh, maybe a bench all star kind of guy, you'd say, okay, this was a, a successful season based Definitely. on the off season we just had, losing guys like Story, um, of course, losing Arenado a year back, um, Travis. Moving on to a team who I think is, I'm gonna say, is legit. So far, based on, of course, very early 10 games in or so, 12 games for this team so far. Um, I'm gonna go with the, the Mets. I think that the Mets, um, like you mentioned, run differential for the A's. For the Mets, it's a plus 35. Only 12 games in, this is not including today, they had a double header today. Um, or maybe, maybe it did factor in. I don't it know, is, I'm not It is, it is, yeah. Oh, okay. Mine says
1: 29, but yeah, yours probably factors in today. Yeah.
0: Okay, so they had a double header today um and so it's looking like a 9-3 record according to my app here um 35 run differential Travis that just tells me that they both have the offense just working gushing. and the pitching working as well preventing runs and scoring lots of runs this is without Jacob deGrom if they can just be a like a if they can be winning their division when deGrom comes back I mean, he has to hit the ground running and they could just be immediate contenders for like a World Series if they get the old DeGrom with this team that I was playing right now. They're a contender for sure. So,
1: And, and it could be DeGrom's like worst season. He gave a three ERA and they could still be right. a Coasting. sensational team. Coasting. Yeah, correct.
0: Because Bassett's been good so far. Scherzer had a couple good starts.
1: Um, I think McGill
0: has had Carrasco some good starts. as
1: well. I so, think he has a sub-1 ERA, yeah. Everyone
0: yeah. is really kind of contributing all hands on deck. I actually picked up Mc, uh, McNeil in Fantasy if you need a utility player. I think in my league, he only plays second and outfield, which kind of makes me upset. He should, have that, <laughs> he, should, he should have that third base secondary if you ask me. He used to in a, a couple years ago, but uh yeah i think that everyone's kind of contributing alonzo um of course the power is off the charts lindor is being better than the lindor of last season which um not quite like a bellinger last year but he just based on the money he was getting we all were kind of disappointed in the way he was trending in 2019 2020 2021 not really trending up but rather trending down
1: i think a below 800 ops right and like a 24250 hitter which that's not Lindor you know and, and
0: he plays good defense so there's the he makes up for the value there but uh when you're paying him of course as the highest paid shortstop in baseball i think actually 1 like cheaper than uh Tatis maybe but uh Lindor was getting paid just off the charts you wanted to really see a bounce back performance and uh he honestly even if he's not like the best hitter on the team he can be like the face of the team overall so far Travis uh, if the season ended today, I mean, of course that's stupid. We're, we're two weeks in, but uh, he would be in the MVP conversation because his on base is at a 442 and his slugging is over 600, uh, over a 1000 OPS. So obviously that's not really super sustainable. But if he can keep the uh, you know the o- 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 OPS around like a 900 or, or something, he will get lots of MVP votes. Um, especially if his team wins their division. So overall, the Mets have tons of stuff to be happy about with their team right now. Everyone's kind of clicking. Um, the guys that they recently added in the offseason are contributing already, and DeGrom is not even here. So um, with all that being said, they're in a really great spot, I think. Um, I'm excited to see if they can finally have a season where it looks like they actually piece things together without falling apart halfway through. So
1: I'm, I'm excited. Definitely. I think my team right now that's, uh, that's, that's doing... Uh, very very well and i'll I'll talk about them. it's it's our team alex uh angels right now okay um seven and five they just won tonight beat the houston astros right now currently have the most wins in the american league um just a small run differential plus three um just because of what i I, you know i I feel like they've been they have been banged up but they've definitely been uh
0: i think it's fair to say. Yeah. They have had Trout miss multiple games. They've had Rendon Rendon. miss multiple games on sicknesses. Lots of small little things. Ward,
1: yeah, yeah. Ward
0: missed the first week of the season. Little ticky-tack things, and despite that, a
1: winning record, a winning run differential. Exactly, exactly. So I like what I've seen so far. Their pitching staff, Alex, has been providing some very deep – just just been providing some very deep games that have, you know, honestly have been very nice to see from what seasons past we've seen before. You know, Syndergaard right now honestly could be one of my—just one of my most comfortable pitchers going into it. It seems like every single time he pitches, he can go five innings strong— two maybe three runs at most uh and then you transition over to you know patrick sanderville a guy who has just nasty stuff today really controlled the astros hitters did of course i think only went four innings he had a lot of the last two innings he pitched it was almost 30 pitches each inning so he's definitely getting into some trouble throwing some balls that's
0: against the astros in their ballpark um exactly definitely makes sense to have high pitch counts there with how much they battle off uh, pitches but exactly but it's it, a good point exactly
1: great start so far from Reed Detmers he's been providing some very good uh you know first kind of first full season year stuff coming from the rotation um like what he's done so far and then again uh Jose Suarez he's done a very phenomenal job we saw him i think in 2019 and 2020 Alex we he was on our uh <laughs> (laughs) He was on our, lack of better terms, shit list. So he was not a guy we were very happy to have. This season, of course, has really turned it around. And then, of course, the ace, Shohei Otani, had a rough start against the the Rangers. I'm okay with that. Opening day, though, looked phenomenal. I think it was almost 9Ks in four or five innings against the Houston Astros, the American League champs. So we know what he can bring. He's actually pitching tomorrow uh, to finish the series against the Astros. But so far... Very nice starting rotation. Bullpen as well. Iglesias, very, very good. And the ball games, I think you mentioned to me earlier before we started recording, Loop has not even allowed a hit yet. He's done very well. Tapera, after the first game of the season where he gave up two home runs in an inning, a lot of deep fly balls in that inning as well. He's really calmed things down. So very nice job by the bullpen and the starting rotation. And then as of today, Alex, when you look at the angels offense first in home runs, I believe they're top two in slugging and OPS in the American league and also total bases. So when you look at that kind of stuff, the offense is clicking the defense. I'll talk about defense in a little bit, but defense is, is doing a good job. And also the pitching staff is doing very well, uh, And like I said, we have seen some games where Indones missed some things here or there. We've seen, you know, Trout miss some games here or there. He had a stomach bug to start the season, still was playing opening day, got hit in the hand. Thank God x-rays are all negative. But of course, he'll be back. Should be back for Friday's game against the Orioles. I think giving him a couple days off, almost a week off, is a good thing um, to get that thing healed. It's a long season. But, you know, so far what we've seen, Alex, what we saw from opening day from Joe Adele to now— it's ten games in, and actually, I I just am so surprised that he's made just such a swift transition to being a electric power hitter. And honestly, the defense looks so much more comfortable than it did on opening day. We saw some of those routes he was taking to the baseball, and it just it just did not look natural. Um, Brandon Marsh, I mean, he has been a phenomenal player. Taylor Ward, honestly, low key can be the could could possibly be the the heartbeat of our lineup I would even say I feel like when he's in the game the lineup ticks it's done a really good job and then of course Fletcher's been out Velasquez Tyler Wade Jack Mayfield small guys really picking up the job so it's nice to see that these kind of guys will be on the bench for us and then of course you got Walsh Stassi Rendon I saw earlier today Alex Stassi already half a war so far for the season he already has the same war as cody bellinger and his career war right now is looking to be a 3.3 he look he's looking like he's going to pass his career war this season at a single season so so far a great job by stassi as well um right now they're clicking i know we talked about it earlier in the uh a couple episodes ago about our preseason previews but Angels are clicking right now, and I think it's something that really will, uh, you know, keep on going on as the season progresses. So I'm really high on them right now.
0: It Makes sense. Uh, you and I both watch these games, so we both kind of have a pretty similar uh, perspective on them. I'm sure. Uh, I love the notes you say on Stassi. I think I saw a graphic on the game not today, but I think it was yesterday. Um, so it could home be. Run maybe. It, it could be out of date now, but no, it was actually on uh, on his defense. Um, he was uh, best framer. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, I think that's, you know, that's one of his uh, calling cards at this point. But I think he was tied for the lead in defensive runs saved uh, 10 games into the season. Uh, tied with Cabrian Hayes and someone else, I can't remember. I think it was an I outfielder. saw that,
1: that's right, but that's be, right. But you know,
0: being at the tops of defensive runs saved this early is always a great sign. It shows that you're not only being a good defender, but you're, that's a stat like War where it kind of adds up over games, a cumulative stat counting stats so um it shows that he's actually being out there you know a lot when of course last season uh did not get to 100 games i don't believe he had uh injury issues so i'm glad to have him healthy um he's hitting the ball well he's catching the ball great for our starting pitchers our bullpen travis is completely a new look from years past
1: definitely Um, Big names.
0: Yeah, of course, adding guys like Archie Bradley, Aaron Luke, Brian Tapera. Tapera had, of course, the really rocky opening inning for uh, his Angels career, but ever since then has been super solid. Bradley has been a hit or miss, but I think overall, these are guys who have thrown a few innings of this season so far. So far, uh, of our main bullpen free agency signings, no one has gone above six innings, so... Give them some time to kind of even definitely. things out. I think overall our bullpen is looking really, really, uh, really special. I'll say, Hyman Barria has been our long relief guy. He's been good in that role so far, um, and then just other guys like Warren, other young guys,
1: Jimmy um, Hargett, Frisbee, uh, Nasty Frisbee pitch.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely a, a player with lots of upside. I think. Um, Kenny Rosenberg shout out to him Uh, I think I follow him on Twitter but he was just recently called up gave his first big league start yesterday gave up a run in kind of garbage time of the game when Angels were down by quite a bit Um, but I think someone who's young and kind of ready to prove himself Um, lots of lots of young players with upside that uh, give the Angels something to kind of be excited for so I like your pick as well I do think that they are not a pretender so far um, they're leading our division in, win- in, uh, in record. They're leading the AL in win total. So, um, of course, teams like this have these kind of starts and they fade out. Just trying to figure out, you know, where all these teams kind of stack up. So, I'm um, glad we can kind of discuss those kind of things um, from the rip. So, Travis, now we just talked about the kind of the fakers or the real deal of the players. or sorry, of the teams. Now I want to talk about some players that, like, are these guys faking or are these guys legit? Um, or just like, or maybe just who's bad. So just kind of just, just yeah. pick some guys to kind of talk about, um, off the go. Uh, so Travis, first of all, I'm, I'm going to go over Kyle Schwarber, who I think, um, might've picked it up a couple days ago, but, uh, for a first week of the season might have been the worst hitter in the MLB. I think he had Even like an
1: opening day first at bat home run.
0: <laughs> I think he had one hit in like his first 20 plate appearances, and it was a home run. But he was batting like a pitcher almost, who like, I guess had like one monster swing. But um, he's just the kind of guy who you, he really did get paid, and the Phillies are kind of banking on his offense. So he had a really rough kind of first week that I wanted to just kind of, I guess, highlight, shout it out. He currently has a negative .2 war, base reference, in his first, uh, how many games has he played here? He has played 10 games, uh, not, not counting today, 44 plate appearances, uh, two home runs on five hits. So really just a homer or bust almost, feast or famine, um, which is, I think by his standards, swinging by the fence is definitely the move. But uh, a 125 batting average, a 200-ish on base, a 300-ish slugging, that is just not at all what you pay him for. I expect him to bounce back for sure. There's no way he's going to be this bad you know, just indefinitely going forwards. But I just do think it is, uh, it's a notable thing to kind of uh highlight just based on you know the phillies are a team that want to compete in that division and i don't see them competing at all if their free agent signings are going to pan out uh, more like this um i do see a lot of hope for his improvement but overall so far it's been very questionable um Travis, is there any players you kind of want to highlight as either being really good really bad so far
1: yeah i mean so far um i I, i'm not going to be totally down on him so far he's a young player first season in the bigs uh julio rodriguez or julio rodriguez correct on the on the uh, seattle mariners yes. i saw some stats earlier uh from his so his first couple weeks in the season right now um you know negative 0.2 WAR, not down on that but only four hits and 32 at bats we saw him tear it up in spring training but it seems like he's kind of had a rough transition into the majors uh his first season you know what that's normal we've seen so many guys tear it up spring training season starts they kind of get in this funk where it's like oh crap now i'm in the big leagues you know I must perform. The stress gets them, but so far 16 strikeouts. He's one of the uh, leaders on the strikeout board for the MLB for 16. But uh, you know, you're looking at the numbers across only a 125 batting average, on base of 200, slugging less than his on base. Um, so you know, of course, the percentage stats are going to be just awful to him right now. Not a lot of walks from on the year. Um, it just he's like he basically is. I mean, just it seems like he I saw a good analysis a couple days ago and every single pitch that he struck out in the first series against the Twins, it was on the outside corner. So it's almost like he's just not reading the outside corner well enough as a hitter. Maybe needs to possibly, you know, move into the box look for more of those outside pitches attack those go oppo you know things like that who need to adjust but it's been a very uh i would say rude awakening for uh, his first couple weeks in the majors uh, you know I, i'm sure seattle is not concerned at all um yeah. they'll have to uh they'll have to just make some adjustments with him um you know could possibly even see some time in triple a but of course i think they really want him at the big league level they want him and Kelnick to be uh to be you know that that main focus for the outfield. They got Kyle Lewis. They got Jesse Winker. They can definitely fill in and help out. But you could see Kelnick and Rodriguez kind of platooning in and out to uh, to help uh, both their numbers and kind of pad their stats this season so far. But that's one player I wanted to cover so far. It's had a kind of a, just a, a, a dismal start of the season.
0: Sure. Yeah. A good to note on him. I think that, like you said, they have no reason to be worried long term. But yeah, of course, this season. They definitely hoped for a, a rookie of the year kind of a performance. And he still could get there. We're a couple weeks in here. But um, at the get-go, uh, a bit of a rough start, which you know many many all-time greats even end up having that kind of thing for their first uh, few weeks of their career, even first half season or so. So we'll see how he kind of pans out. Another guy, Travis, I'm going to talk about in the same boat kind of is going to be Glaber Torres, someone who Yankee fans, Travis, like we said earlier, they have these high expectations, um, rightfully so. Championship uh, history of the of of their team But his uh, season so far has been pretty unimpressive He has since last season which last season he was not that great of a hitter Um, He was below average hitter actually which compared to his 2019. He was a shortstop who was hitting 125 WRC plus so he was a you know a really good hitter for a shortstop standards who he hit uh, was it? uh, 38 homers um, as a shortstop in in 2019 so Uh, Going from that, and then this year, he has only a 5.6% walk rate, which is down from last year. His strikeout rate's up from last year, so walking less, striking out more. The average is lower, the on-base is lower, the slugging is lower so far. Um, And last year was a down year, so he's gotten even worse since last year. Um, And he's not playing shortstop anymore. He's playing second base, and the defense is not even that great. So if the defense is not good from Glaber... And the bass not good, then what is what's what's the game plan here? You know, and they're kind of they're in a situation where there's an odd man out in the infield, right? You got Donaldson as the everyday third baseman, essentially. Of course, could get some starts in DH if needed, but you really want Stanton not, uh, at that spot to kind of keep him from getting injured in the outfield. So if Donaldson's the third baseman. If Isaiah kind of fell off as a shortstop for defensive reasons and if Rizzo's your first baseman, then are you really gonna bench LeMayhew for Glaber? If Glaber is batting like this and LeMahieu currently over a three hundred batting average, no, you're gonna go LeMayhew. And yeah. then you have this young player like Glaber on your bench who um looked like Travis in twenty nineteen, untradable. Yeah. Untradable player. They thought he could be their you know, the, the next judge, the center, the, yeah, the infielder yeah. version Almost of like... Almost
1: an upbringing of A-Rod.
0: <laughs> right. Like this guy is a shortstop and he is absolutely mashing homers. um, And he's only at that time was 22. But now he's 25, Travis, and has gotten worse every year since then. Um, I think based on some of the numbers, he can improve on this season. I don't think he actually truly is a 161 hitter going forwards. I don't think his on-base is going to be at 229 for that much longer. I think his numbers will begin to improve. That being said... Him getting back to 2019 seems like really unlikely to me. Yeah. And I think yeah. that, uh, you know, their GM Cashman has some decisions to make with what could we get for a labor Torres in the market? Could we help get another um, – yeah. I don't, then we need another infielder, but get another outfielder, I guess. Maybe get another arm. Um, I, I'm, I, I, I'm not sure what they're going to address, but uh, – they have to figure out a game plan here with him
1: yeah and i always thought that he'd be a great fit to you know this would be a good trade for like a colorado rockies you know go out there and get a um go out there and get a you know herman marquez kind of pitcher i know they just actually extended kyle freeland i think to a five-year deal earlier today but i always thought him going to colorado playing shortstop for them boosting his offensive numbers would be a really nice fit even playing second base possibly but you know i know they have uh iglesias over there right now but pretty uh would be a pretty cool infield to have him at short mcmahon at second and play third uh with mcmahon second and third for mcmahon and then also crone at first base uh would be kind of an interesting infield to see with that uh power surge and then of course you got bryant in left field um pretty nice offense for that right there and he
0: could hit you know 40 homers if he had a decent year oh, in easily. colorado and easily. that would then boost his value up he can get that kind of late 20s contract he's probably hoping to easily. get right now if, if he was a free agent next season he'd be in a really rough spot but yeah. he has a few years of control to kind of figure things out i think there are tons of teams that are saying okay like maybe we should take a chance on a 25 year old labor torres with three years of control yeah i think a team like you know maybe the mariners maybe the cubs these kind of teams who are um trying to compete but they're not really focused on this season they kind of want to think okay in two three years how good can we be um if they can get torres back to form if they can kind of notice a tweak they can make with him then he could be a second or second baseman or shortstop or even third baseman um for a championship caliber team and be a really big contributor
1: he really could he really could and i and i'll I'll, and kind of pivot off that uh second base and shortstop position alex i'm also going to talk about marcus Simeon a little bit uh we've seen him kind of just of course have a a horrendous start to the season as well new contract new team new ballpark everything with the texas rangers so far not going what he's been doing the last couple seasons i mean last year we saw him monstrous season most home runs out of of a second baseman all time 45 Mm -hmm. this season of course no home runs only two doubles so two extra base hits on the season batting 128, 190 on base, 179 slugging. So Yikes. nothing is in the 200s when it comes to batting average on base slugging. And then, of course, uh, I, I know it's percentage stats, 11 OPS plus. That, of course, will change throughout the season. But just a uh, just a tricky start right now for Marcus Simeon. I know you might be, uh, it might be a little over-nervous starting with the new team, on the big deal to kind of end your career with this organization but uh definitely ranger fans are of course hoping to see that this guy catches fire and that he can start helping them uh you know increase the rbis start hitting some more x-brace hits hit some home runs that ballpark should be pretty kind to him it's a pretty nice hitting ballpark um Corey seager has already done some damage there but uh yeah Simeon. so far it's been uh it's been a rough start to say the least for him right now, but we'll see if he picks it up. Uh he's a guy that I definitely still am high on. He could still finish the season with, you know, a 260 average, you know, 330 on base, a slugging, you know, near the five hundreds, still could have an eight hundred or so something OPS, you know, still could be a very productive player for them as well. But, you know, tricky start for him so far.
0: Yeah, he's a great guy to talk about for that reason. So far, the new ballpark, the new location has not been kind to him, I agree. Um, I do think, of course, you know there's an improvement to be made here. It's going to happen. But uh, returning back to 2021, it seems like that was definitely kind of uh, a blip that may not reoccur again. But we'll have to see how his rest of his season kind of shapes up. Travis, I'm going to move on to a, um, a kind of similar topic. I'm going to talk about a player who has been really bad so far, and I think it's completely fake I think he actually is gonna have a monster year and so far the numbers are really poor this is Kyle Tucker so so far Kyle Tucker this is not including today and today he didn't really do much damage at all to the Angels so far this season Travis a 114 batting average a 244 on base a 286 slugging so this uh, is good for only a 55 WRC plus on Fangraphs. a negative war so far, even though he does play good defense and runs the bag as well, he does have a stolen base. Uh, two homers, three runs, four ribbies. So the numbers are all really low, they're really small. Um, he has played 10 games. Uh, the walk rate is actually the best of his career. The strikeout rate's about his career average. So I do think that um, that's all in order. He's not you know swinging at the wrong stuff or anything. Um, an interesting stat, Travis, is is BABIP. It's batting average on balls in play, and it kind of shows when this guy hits the ball in play, does it land for a hit or does it get go for an out? His batting average on balls in play is .077. So when he puts the ball in play, it's going right to guys. Hmm. He's not getting hits on anything, and we even saw a bit Travis in when we saw the Angels play the Astros in the opening series. We saw him fly out deep to the running track a couple times. He just could not help but hitting it to players. So um, a lot of these numbers really indicate a big turnaround for him. Uh, his weighted on base average is around 239. The expected weighted on base average is over. It's at 450. So that would be MVP season if he could get a 450. But right now he's down in the 230. So that just kind of shows the really a really big difference with how well he's hitting the ball and how little results he is getting right now. So um, just a note for you guys. It may be if you guys are lucky out there in your fantasy leagues, if someone has Kyle Tucker and they're kind of getting upset with them and his performance, <laughs> yeah. try to make a sneaky trade. Give him some guy who's hot on your team and just say, give me Tucker. and Maybe they'll bite. I have Tucker in our league, Travis. I'm telling you one thing. I look at these numbers. I'm not selling them. I'm Don't not. I'm not worried at all. I'm not worried in the slightest. So I think he's gonna have a really monster um, season still, despite this really rough first couple weeks. Um, I would not be surprised at all to see him get MVP votes despite this rough start. So. Um, anyone in your mind at all for someone who might be not really uh look like themselves but you might think something else is coming
1: Yeah yeah and one player that comes to mind is uh, Max Muncy. Um right okay. now he, batting 152, not the batting average he would want. Still a good on base, a 333 on base still right now. We great know, walker we know that his batting average will never be, you know, above a 260. He's always going to be around that 250 you know 245 batting average but his on base will always be north of 350 um a very good walker on the season but just the slugging percentage is the one thing of a concern right now it's at a 303 um you know an OPS below uh 650 and so I know the home runs will come back the extra race hits will come back to Max Muncy um just a little bit of a uh, a power outage so far for the first 10 games but he's a guy that I definitely can see coming back he's got so much protection in that lineup oh yeah you know guys are going to really rally around him and he'll be uh he'll be doing just fine i believe come may come june um uh, be a guy that will be up there for uh for an all-star and also be up there for a um you know being a guy that could be out there for you know a, almost a super utility award practically with playing second playing it, first base if
0: he primaries at second base i think he uh, he'd be my favorite to win the all MLB, all, well, the all MLB second baseman, oh, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, yeah. depending on the season that Albies and, and, and India and these kind of guys have, I think that Muncie's right in that mix. Correct. Um, if he is Correct. a second baseman. Yeah. Um, going off what you said about Muncie, he, just like Tucker, has a huge gap in his weighted on-base average versus the expected. He's hitting the ball really well. Um, Based on the expected Woba, it's it's very similar to his past seasons, despite the average on-base slugging being really low, like you mentioned. Um, I think overall... He's going to have a huge bounce back. Actually, Travis, so far this season, the highest walk percentage of his career. So he's walking a ton, a ton. The power will come. I'm sure it'll come. So uh, I, that's a great that's a great find uh, by you there on getting, um, highlighting Muncie. I'm going to transition now, Travis, over to two players who I think have a really good chance to run away with Rookie of the Year. Um, one in the AL, one in the NL. Unfortunately for me, Travis, I had not bet on either of these guys, England or Vegas. (laughs) I bet a lot of, I kind of spread my money around a few dollars here and there on a bunch of different rookie of the year candidates that I liked. Guys like Torkelson could still sneak up and take it away from these guys. Guys like, um, you know,
1: Julio Rodriguez. A really big second
0: half from Bass if he comes back healthy, you know, a lot can still happen. Um, But Travis, American League, Pena, shortstop, Jeremy Pena, Astros has had an absolutely monstrous first, uh, you know, few weeks in the big leagues national league Seiya suzuki has been a phenomenon
1: elite yeah
0: i'll talk about um i guess i'll start with pena, since i mentioned him first so far travis Jimmy pena i mean angels have played this team quite a bit so far he looks like a pro ball player yeah he is in his first couple games as a big leaguer and he looks like he's been doing this for years um it is really crazy that they let correa walk and immediately get it seems like honestly a mini, it sucks. A mini superstar <laughs> right behind him. So far, Travis, a 344 batting average, 389 on base, 594 slugging. Of course, those numbers could come down a bit, but um, the expected numbers, Travis, are really great too. He's hitting the ball really hard. Um, doesn't walk a ton, but doesn't strike out a ton either. So he's kind of a good uh, at hitting the ball in play and hitting it really hard, which that's what the Astros do really well, Travis. They are one of the few teams, I think. In all of MLB, who can really keep the power up without selling out for strikeouts? Yeah. Guys like Gallo, Judge, Stanton, elite, elite power hitters, but they have to sell out and get strikeout quite a bit. Yeah. Um, other, other, you know, teams have the same issue. Otani, Trout both strike out quite a lot, even though they are elite hitters. Um, Astros for some reason, Bregman strikes out very little. Mm-hmm. Altuve very little brantley never strikes out the he's ball like play. Yeah. he's the guy who uh is elite at contact so overall penas is kind of right in that mix only striking
1: out 16 of the time so far in, in this season and to comment off what you said yesterday lorenzen on the mound for the angels bases loaded Pena up two outs I mean I think he was down 1-2 in the count and just worked an absolute fabulous it was I think an 8 or 9 pitch walk mm. just looked like a big league hitter already and he's in his 10th game of the season so far. I mean kudos to him for what he's done so far this season. I know out of spring training a lot of guys were uh you know hyping him up a bit and so far the hype's pretty real right now. Uh the numbers even showed out right now. It, it's been a very nice start for uh for Jeremy Peña. I know for Angel fans we hate it because you literally just kind of reloaded at the shortstop position and the astro fans they're excited because they got a guy that's basically pay- paying pennies on the dollar to Compa- have compared very to good
0: compared to bringing back
1: correa the exactly. money that would have
0: cost them uh this is a huge difference uh in that regard i think
1: almost every astros fan right now would be very happy with just saying you know what we'll pay this guy cheap money but we're going to get a very nice shortstop uh good comp so so far
0: okay and then travis um Moving over to uh, one last note on Pena, over a 0.5 fan graphs were already. Um, that's very comparable to guys who I'm sure will be in the MVP race going down the line. Not saying he's that level yet, but I would not be surprised because they're really, really soon. So moving on to Seiya Suzuki now, Travis, 27 year old, uh, age 27 season, I should say. Um, A rookie, of course, coming from the Japan League. Uh, The Cubs, Travis, what a steal. Uh, Legend
1: legend right now. None
0: of us really knew for sure how good he'd adjust to big league pitching and how long it would take. Um, I saw a really interesting quote from him, Travis, actually. Uh, Apparently someone asked him what's it like being in the mlb where there's so much information the coaches have so much you know on these like ipads so out much there. knowledge yeah, yeah. Uh, what the, what what counts does this pitcher throw what kind of pitch what kind of pitch is his uh bailout pitch his strikeout pitch you know all this kind of info uh w- when they need a, a way to avoid a walk which pitch they go to there's an incredible amount of data he actually said uh it's interesting because I actually try to figure it out on my own. I really don't go and ask out this information. If the coach tells me something Atlanta I'm, I'm going <laughs> to right if the coach tells me something I'm going to I'm going to you know think about it, but he's really not asking these coaches for this like uh, incredible info. So just an, uh, a a note on his approach so far in the big leagues and it's worked out well so far. A 4.29 batting average, 5.64 on base percentage. 929 slugging. So really Bay, Charles,
1: Barry Bonds. <laughs> Charles, if the season ended
0: today, he's probably the NL MVP. I yes. would I would assume. Already has a one war on fan graphs which being, you know, two weeks in, this is this is almost like bucks on last year, yep. right? The first yep. the first opening stint was just absolutely monstrous And, are,
1: and already a one offensive war looking that, at as well on wow. baseball on baseball uh before reference, reference. Yep. and then
0: four homers in ten games. This is all before today, of course. Eleven RBIs in ten games, so uh, nine runs. So uh, really doing it all. He walks over 20% of his at-bats, 23% actually, which is a, a huge, huge number. Um, and Travis, even though, of course, these numbers will dip by a lot because this is obviously unsustainable, being at this super high level, um, the expected stats, he still is crushing the ball really hard. He uh, is elite, elite. At discipline he does not swing outside the zone a lot he's uh, he was leading the league last time i checked in uh, avoiding swinging at balls so uh, there's just so much like about him at the plate he brings power he brings uh discipline he uh you know wh- what a pickup by the cubs to get this guy on a multi-year deal um his,
1: his first name is Seiya, but it looks like almost like see ya, see ya you know? later yeah, yeah it's almost like a, a good bye bye uh, ball yeah yeah <laughs> so travis any other thoughts on suzuki and what a pickup the cubs got for him no i wanted to highlight him when you're gonna i know you're gonna mention guys that are you know just crushing it so far uh what a pickup chicago has gotten themselves right now um i mean you look at the percentage stats, you look at the counting stats, it is all so amazing what he's been able to do so far. I think he had a home run his first game at Wrigley, uh, and so far, he's just been crushing it. I mean, even looking at the war numbers, I mean, it's just insane what you're able to do in the first 10 games of the season. Um, You're right, Alex, with... This guy could just be a runaway in the NL right now for the uh for the rookie of the year. And right now, he is definitely for sure uh on that list for NL MVP right now. I wonder what his odds were looking at the uh uh odds, you know, a couple weeks back. It would be something to look back and be interesting. I I'm sure it was not at all, you know, a high high favorite kind of right. guy. Um but, but
0: I mean, what if we get like an Ichiro like yeah. 20, 2021 kind of thing where Very true. first year in the bigs immediately uh, people don't really know how to approach you at the plate yeah.
1: and you just totally just rake. Definitely. It, it could happen. Definitely, definitely. Um I'll highlight another guy that's uh that's killing it. I wanna highlight a couple other guys as well, but sure. I'll highlight one guy that's been mashing it because I think that his uh I wouldn't say his rival, but his counterpart has been a big uh a big storyline so far the first couple uh first couple of weeks of the season that's freddie freeman uh not highlighting freddie freeman but his counterpart matt Olson. yes the guy who took his job basically um and there was a very funny picture yesterday of freeman at first base with olsen holding him on and uh you know people are saying i wonder what their conversations are like but you know i'm sure there's no bad blood at all matt Olson, how could you control yourself he got you traded. got traded yeah. to the braves and then you signed a deal with your hometown team he's very happy and you know what I, I don't think Braves fans are very, very upset, but at the same time, um, I know there's just some, uh, some, some bittersweet memories right now of Freddie Freeman. And then of course, you know, how everything got, uh, you know, how everything went down during the last couple of months, uh, with all those negotiations, but Matt Olson, um, Right now, Alex, you know, on baseball reference, he has a 0.9 war, so almost a one war to start off the season. Leads baseball so far in, uh, in games played, of course, and also leads baseball with 19 hits in 12 games. Wow. Pretty remarkable, I would say. And then, of course, leads the NL in doubles with five. And then these percentage stats are just incredible. Leads the NL in average, of course, short so far, 12 games in, but a four- 52 batting average of 566 on base and a 714 slugging that's close to a 1300 ops right now he's up there in seya suzuki kind of territory say of course with the slugging percentage over 900 is what's definitely capturing his ops to be at an all-time high but so far you are getting so far a career year from matt olsen i'm very interested to see how he finishes this year and what he can do for the uh for the Atlanta Braves this year. I, I know we had a kind of an interesting topic a couple weeks ago when we were talking about, you know, who is better for the Braves, Olsen or Freeman. I really thought Olsen was the better fit for the Braves moving forward. He's younger. I think he's going to be, of course, getting more. He's it, going to be better. And I think we, we could agree at the end of this season. I know you think it right now, but the end of the season really could see Olsen pretty much overcome Freddie Freeman as a better first baseman what the way he's been trending the last couple seasons it's been remarkable for me to say the least I know you definitely are very high on Matt Olson good glove great power uh really really insane start I would say for his new ball club especially I mean what better way to win over the fans of the Braves than go out and play like this and then of course you're going to have Acuna coming back in early May um it'll be a fun lineup for the atlanta braves that are going to have right now uh so far uh they are, i think they're they're either i think they're third place right now in the division uh barely under 500 i feel like we're watching another 2021 braves team because they're under 500 right now i feel like they're just kind of like i don't want to say bored but you uh you definitely could probably see them sneak up later on this season wild card you know them, especially get, when Acuna is like full strength then definitely the
0: whole team is full strength
1: definitely definitely but just wanted to highlight Matt Olson. what a way to start his Braves career I'll tell you what one thing if he was starting his career like Marcus Simeon I know Braves Ooh. fans right now would be booing that Braves front office right now they would be hating him yes. for what Freeman's been doing but so far better start than Freeman uh Matt Olsen is doing uh remarkable things are now. I was just amazed. And you know 12 games in he already have 19 hits. That's just pretty remarkable. Especially for him being a power hitter. Right now he's showing that he can actually hit the ball, uh, square it up and just get base hits. But uh I know those numbers will change. The batting average in the on base will dip. Um, I don't think of uh I don't think a five or a 452 batting average is sustainable for a full season for Matt Olson he's not Ted Williams but uh looking like he could be you know close to a 300 hitter this year with uh of course a remarkable on base almost near a 400 on base this season so Matt Olson a great sign um two other guys I will just kind of quickly recap Alex um we talked about, of course, you know, Jose Ramirez being a remarkable third baseman. He is right now still, of course, one of the best third basemen in baseball. Could yes. be the top guy. There are two guys, though, of course, that are really closing in. Machado, what a start he's had. Nolan Arenado, what a what a way to kind of get himself back into the conversation when it comes to top third baseman. We know Arenado's glove is spectacular, but what he's been able to do offensively so far this season, Alex, um, Pretty nice to see him kind of break out as his, as the St. Louis Cardinal right now. So far, a one WAR this season. Um, that currently is second in uh, in in all of baseball when it comes to one baseball reference WAR. Seiya Suzuki has, I think, a one point one on Baseball Reference, but wow. uh, currently second over all of WAR eight games played so far. I'm looking at these numbers. I'm just laughing at what I'm seeing right now. It's nuts. Five doubles, four home runs in eight games, 12 RBIs. He has a 433 batting average a 514 on base. 1000 slugging currently leads the MLB in slugging and, and currently leads baseball in OPS of 1514 OPS or the 321 OPS plus these numbers will not sustain. It's always fun to see these, these numbers in the first couple of weeks, but Oh, my God, what a season, what a start for Nolan Arenado. And then, of course, capping on uh, Manny Machado. He has had kind of, honestly, a really sneaky start to this season. I think he really is, he's really putting himself back in the conversation of an elite Hall of Fame-worthy third baseman right now um, to kind of pick up the slack with Tatis out. Right now, currently leading, uh, you know, the Major League Baseball in runs with 10, has actually has tied for the NL lead in stolen bases, three stolen bases on this season. And then, of course, a 188 OPS plus right now, almost 1,000 OPS plus. Very nice start for Manny Machado. Uh, any other guys you wanted to highlight with, you know, just guys that have been off to crazy starts?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with the guy who you actually name-dropped as... Who we had as the best going into this season, Yes. that we both picked third baseman number one on our rankings. Jose Ramirez, Arenado, and Machado are both putting pressure, like you said, uh, so far this season. Early going still, but Ramirez has by no means said uh, that he's going to back down. He's going to back down from this race. Yes, he's going to yeah. keep up. Right now, Travis, nine games played before today, forty plate appearances, has three homers, fifteen ribbies. That offense was actually really cooking of course uh, Stephen steven kwan was like the breakout first week <laughs> yep, guy yep. and i'm sure ramirez drove him drove him in a bunch only struck out in five percent of his at bats that's first of all that's that's going to go up that's like too ridiculous but that just <laughs> yeah. that just shows how amazing he is at both power and contact combined because his average 457 his on base 500 his slugging 886 um completely mashing the ball, um, Travis, all three guys we mentioned: Arenado, Ramirez, and Machado. Yeah, Noto, Ramirez, Machado. All three of those guys, um, we both can say that they're not fakers. Like yeah. they, they have been All Stars too many times, and all the numbers back it up. Like they, their numbers will go down from where they're at right now, but they are both going to be. They're all going to be in the All Star conversation interested to see how that nl uh third base kind of shapes up with so many names american league as well because bregman of course had a really good opening series devers has all-star upside as well so a lot of uh a lot of fun at the third base position we always like talking hot corner because of how many big names there are at the position in the league
1: today we're we're not even talking i mean devers and rendon and they're they're all-stars in in their own but you know and i expect those guys to be in the conversation later on this season as well so uh the third base uh the 3rd pace group right now is a very—it's you know, it, a very special group. It's, it's going to be fun to see how these guys land, you know, in 15 years when you look at Cooperstown and you look at some of these just insane third basemen and how they go in. But you're right. I mean, looking at Jose Ramirez's stats, you're right. He has not backed down. He is still A1. He is still looking still like the best third baseman in baseball. Um, it's funny how if even if he had slightly—like, almost if he was batting like 250— we would be saying, oh, my God, I think Machado and uh, Arenado are the best third basemen right now in baseball. But still, Ramirez is still off to a hot start, really carrying that Guardian squad um, through the first couple of weeks uh, to I think right now they're still uh, just just around 500 right now. But um, I mean, what do you expect from this guy? This guy's a stud. And I think you mentioned it at least a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. You mentioned this team could win 60 games. And Ramirez and Bieber both could win their respectable awards. And and right Right. now, I mean, I mean, right now you have to be looking at Jose Ramirez as as one of the guys to win the AL MVP right now. So um, if you put money on him, good job. It's looking good so far. You're looking
0: good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Travis, uh, another topic just kind of briefly want to go over. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has had some monster games thus far. You were telling me all about. I was at work; I wasn't able to see it, but he had the three home run performance, of course, in New York. Everyone was talking
1: about it. Two off Cole. Yeah.
0: It was <laughs> a monstrous game. Um, he, so far this season, the average and the on base is not what they were last season. He's a bit down uh, so far. Of course, much time to, to get back, but already five homers in ten games, a seven eleven slugging. So he's still overall by OPS, by WRC Plus, is still having a monster year, even above last year, even though the on-base and the average um, are down, probably will go up, slugging will probably go down a bit. So um, overall, Travis, I kind of had a question for you, and I saw a stat that Vladimir Guerrero Sr. never had a three-homer game, and his son did it when he's 23 what odds do you give vladimir Guerrero jr to end up with a better career than his dad and it's a really big question of course because we both know Guerrero senior was a great angel overall great career second ballot hall of famer um don't want to put too much on the shoulders of the kid but how much do you think what odds do you give i guess uh grow jr as having that level of success on his career
1: well i think home runs and rbis are going to be an easy beat over his dad so far right now um Junior's a lot more chunkier. He he definitely can can hit that ball along along more ways. Um, you know, I think it's definitely trending to be very good odds. I I, I would probably say it's it's definitely north of fifty percent. Um, you know, or you know, at I, I I definitely would think right now that he will be when it's all over and done, he'll be a better, better performer than his father. You think his, now. Ca- his career resume will surpass? I, I, I think so. Um, it's, it's hard to say because you look at some of those early seasons with the Expos with, uh, with, with, with senior and batting average i mean ops those numbers were all fantastic but i don't know if they were quite like you know almost a 2021 and what he's performing right now um i don't remember you know senior ever putting up you know consistently a thousand ops seasons very good batting average kind of guy and a very good slugging percentage but i think he was always nearing that 1000 mark but right now what uh what junior's doing i mean with uh, with with the home runs that he's providing at age twenty three, I think five hundred home run club will be almost in a shoe in. As of right now, um, I don't want to, you know, knock on wood, I don't want to have anything bad happen to him, but I think with the pace he's on right now. a 48 uh, homer season at 22,
0: you're putting yourself at good chances.
1: I I think 50 50 run seasons will happen, uh, you know, more than once for this guy in his career. So I think so far right now, um, it's almost, I wouldn't say safe to say, but it's a very good sign that he is going to be better than his dad, which is very nice to see um, so far. And also pointing to his teammate, bachette will be better than his dad i think his war is already better than his dad so far so yeah, be, yeah. being a, a shortstop with the kind of bat that bachette has is definitely a
0: huge plus when you're kind of rate rating these players all time but yeah i think uh, like we said about guerrero jr um the lineup is so good over there in toronto he's going to see some pitches as well he's going to keep mashing the ball um if that toronto can be good for the next few years, and like kind of as Guerrero is entering his prime, which you could say he's already in his prime, but yeah, as he's in his kind of main like mid twenties years, if his team is really good, if they can make some World Series, he can have kind of a storybook career, which his dad never really did. Exactly. Um, came to the Angels right after the World Series win, so did not have that that ring, of course. um Yeah. Overall, Travis, uh, I like what you kind of said. I think that there is a really solid chance. Um, it's hard to it. it feels it feels uh, disrespectful to call these young twenty-year-olds like hall of famers already. But I think yeah. that we kind of understand that. Um,
1: uh, Not many twenty-two-year-olds can hit forty-eight bombs. <laughs>
0: right. It's it, it's it's a special elite company. So it's good to highlight that uh, that kind of impressive performance so far by Guru Jr. Uh, Travis. I'm gonna do a quick little exercise. Just want to look at the standings and and leaderboards right now. Just kind of pull them up. I'm gonna try to just take a look and maybe we can do this every episode or something like that um just kind of really briefly say just something that you learn by looking at it and just kind of mm-hmm. what, what do you notice and the first thing i noticed taking a look really quick is the guardians had such a hot start they were the talk of the town the first week um i'm not sure if they already played today let me double check um it's rained lo- out rained out so mm-hmm. i think they are 4 and 5 mm-hmm. so they actually have a losing record i thought Travis. My perception was like a, like a couple days ago that they're like this hot team. Maybe they can make the playoffs. I mean, maybe they still could. But I'm just saying, I feel like the talk of the first week was that they were like, oh, like they had a, yeah, Stephen Kwan is a beast, which yeah. he, he yeah. is. And Ramirez is a beast, which he is. But I think overall, they got a little too overhyped from the get-go. Maybe, maybe a bit like the Royals of last year. So I thought they were an interesting team to highlight as like, oh, I thought that they were really um, putting some – pressure on the white Sox, but i think right now the white Sox aren't too worried about cleveland if anything i think detroit and minnesota are still the teams probably to turn it around minnesota also at, at four and seven i think that really a lot of the hype from some of these other central teams has kind of fallen short definitely um any other thoughts on something you noticed travis
1: yeah i mean i'm, I'm looking at you know philly's four and eight last in the uh in the nl east it's it's a tough division um they've had they've definitely had a struggle of a first uh i guess of of a of a second week of the season so we'll see kind of how they pick things up um and also looking at you know even looking at the nl central i mean the reds two and ten they've just had a, a just a horrendous start of course playing four games at dodger stadium getting swept and then of course going to uh To San Diego is never a nice uh, second trip to go to right currently losers of eight straight not a good sign Um, I I, I don't want to say it's over, but it's over. I mean the the red season It it, I mean it's sad to say it right now But I think a betting man and everyone would say they weren't expected to do very much this season It's pretty much over a two ten start is really hard to dig yourself out of especially when you have that roster Um, Jonathan India is your future castillo is a guy you could really get some good trade traction from and then of course i think it's is it tyler molly mally mally yeah mally he's another guy you could possibly get some very good trade um action from as well so uh yeah I, I mean just kind of a crazy start right there for that team everything else um there of course are those sleeper teams i mean right now you're looking at uh, you know angels seven and five and you're looking at the oakland a's seven and five I guarantee in a week that probably won't be the same. Um, those two teams will not be, you know, uh both up there at the same time in a week. So we'll kind of see how that stuff transitions. But yeah, Philly's kind of a, a tough week so far. Um, but you know, we'll see kind of how they can dig themselves out of. But it, you know, like I said, it, it is a tough, tough division. I think the uh I think the Phillies actually went to Miami after the Miami Marlins lost two to the Angels, and then Miami pretty much did their damage against the Phillies. Mm, yeah. And that of course was uh,
0: big outing against. Wheeler. They had a huge outing against Wheeler. The yeah, Miami really yeah, stuck it to yeah. him. So
1: Phillies will have to bring their A game. Every single division opponent will be a extremely tough opponent. So uh, they'll have to find ways to kind of get themselves uh, back up into the uh, back up into the win column. So. Yeah, that's kind of my take on the uh, on so far of these standings so sure. far. There's a lot of surprising teams, and there's also a lot of teams that, uh, you know, should be in those positions, yeah. Final
0: note, uh, like you mentioned on the on the Cincinnati Reds, don't want to hammer on them too hard here. We'll show them some mercy, but last note, minus 34 run differential, I think that's the worst in all of baseball. That is, yeah. Um, maybe some of that might have changed in the standings today, but uh, that is obviously an indicator that things are not going well. Yeah. Like I've said before, Dodgers took it to him uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the
1: last series, I was seeing some recaps. It was, it was getting bad. Yeah.
0: And like I, like I've said before, when it's time to sell, it's time to sell. In my mind, I think they should take advantage of the really upside players that they have that exactly. are going to be expiring contracts in the next couple seasons. Uh, get something for Castillo while you can. Definitely. A team like the Mariners, a team like the Angels, a team like the Yankees, Red Sox. They will they give. They will give up pieces for a good proven ace. Um, yeah. So I think that. Uh, their, their GM should know the assignment right now. I'll just put it that way. Uh, Travis, I guess to kind of wrap things up, two more just small topics, um, kind of storyline topics. First, I'm going to go to the Japanese league. Roki Sasaki, Travis. It's been an interesting story. but for, I heard about him, yeah. For those that don't know, I think he's just 20 if I'm not mistaken. So I think they kind of almost consider him a prospect for MLB someday. Um, but he threw the first Japanese perfect game in decades. And then the next outing, he threw i think it was if i'm not mistaken it was seven perfect innings it could have even been eight it, but it was, he yeah. he threw like a hundred perfect pitches essentially uh not allowing anything so and then I, got, I, I think it, it
1: was like 56 straight batters retired or something like that it was it was insane
0: and and i think he has this, this wicked splitter probably what probably getting flashbacks to otani's splitter back when otani was pitching over in japan um It is really cool to see a player who's young in Japan get so much traction in America. Because all of my Twitter feed was talking about this legendary performance. And it's super just cool to see um, him have such a good start. So just his his stat line on the season so far um, is 31 innings pitched, only allowing seven hits, two walks, one hit batter, just four earned, 56Ks. So 56Ks in 31 innings. From a starting pitcher, that's just like... That's insane. It's it's monstrous. And he's a young guy. Um, That's a bullpen guy. (laughs) It's it's, it's very... Yeah, that's the strikeout numbers you expect from like Josh Hader, Hader, who gets like one one, one inning a game. But yeah, Travis, um, Roki Sasaki, it's definitely a really cool story to see um, someone get so much traction. It'd be awesome. I'm not sure how it works um when they're allowed to be posted for MLB uh free agency. But it seems like honestly, in a couple years he could be ready just to dominate our league too. Cause if you're being this good, and it's obviously it can't be a fluke. You did it in like yeah. in like I think even um even after he got pulled after like eight perfect innings, the next outing he had like a couple more perfect and then he gave up a yeah. hit or whatever, but a couple runs. But um that level of dominance is definitely something really special. I wanted to kind of cover now,
1: and that makes a big, bigger influence and importance to uh, extend a guy like Shohei. Talk to your buddies over there. You know, try to <laughs> try to recruit, get some uh, get some elite level international talent. Um, I, I'm again surprised. I think if Angels had the spot for the outfield, Seiya Suzuki would be an Angel. Why wouldn't you? His favorite players, Mike Trout. He's playing next to you know the greatest international sensation in in decades in shohei otani so um it's always nice to have shohei kind of having maybe those connections uh over in japan or over in some of those uh other leagues uh closer to his home so uh really cool to see
0: yeah definitely um and then travis i guess the last storyline i want to talk about just briefly before we wrap up here um our manager from our team joe madden he did he did a really a decision that was really had all of my baseball twitter talking Everyone, everyone has given their two cents on the fact that Joe Madden issued an intentional walk with bases loaded when we were losing, and I think it was the fourth inning. So one, uh, one tweet that uh,
1: I guess I really it liked. had baseball Twitter world going uh, f- off, yeah. fuming, yeah. right?
0: And and so the I'll, I'll give I'll give Madden uh, I'll give him the respect to give his quote that he gave to the media afterwards. He said something about wanting to try to avoid the big blow by walking seager he also said he just wanted to stir the group up he thought by going out there and doing something like that the team might respond he also said that this was not about the numbers at all he said this is about the human element of the game travis you know that i have problems with that but even the rest of you baseball fuming
1: at those quotes the yeah, rest yeah. of the
0: baseball media has problem with it too Jake Arrieta, who we already covered as a guy who just recently retired, he had a, a tweet about it that I thought was kind of well put. He said, walking in a run when you're already down by one with a fresh reliever in the game, you're better off just pulling the pitcher and optioning him to AAA immediately because <laughs> you're just telling him you have no faith in his abilities. Yeah, Seeger's an incredible hitter, but what's going on? Yeah, And one thing I'll say that Arrieta wrapped up this tweet by saying what is happening to baseball, but... This is not a result of like the analytics that people like to blame for everything. This is a result of one manager doing something really crazy. No number, no numbers support this. And Madden said that himself. There's no number that says like, oh, analytics say that you should walk secret here. There's just no shot
1: when you're already losing. And I think, was there two outs? I'm pretty certain there, I was going to ask you, I think there was two outs and that was the one thing that was just kind of, I, you're, you're never, no, I, 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 again. I, I'm
0: sorry. I think there was one because I think that the follow up was a base hit and then like an RBI, a sack fly. So mm. there was a sack fly involved. So I okay. think that there was, okay. there was, um, only one out, but still it's like Seager, there's double there's double play potential for sure. Exactly. Um, even you give up a sack fly, that's the same as walking them. So you're pretty much just saying, this my reliever is going to give up a grand slams so therefore i need to walk this guy yeah um yeah, yeah give me your overall reaction to i know you watched this firsthand yeah. i was not able to watch it firsthand i saw all the highlights and the, the the fuming on twitter yeah yeah what was your thought seeing that happen live uh how, what, how does it change your thoughts about madden as our manager and just the <laughs> overall decision making
1: it's it's funky i mean this year we've seen a new uh kind of insanity i would say with joe madden's play calling um some of it good, some of it bad, but it's definitely a difference than years past, and it's interesting to see. Now, of course, the big part about this move is that what was the outcome of the game? The Angels won the game. So, of course, everyone's going to say, you know what? That's a good move. Maybe maybe managers should do that more often. But- I, I, I will definitely say that's not a good move. Right. Um, we should not be doing that.
0: That inning still allowed two runs, like, after the fact, so.
1: And you know what? It's not like you have, I mean, I'm trying to think of, you know, some hitter like, you know, like, like 2019 second half your Don coming up. There are certain players, I would agree. Honestly, let's walk him. I don't have any faith that we can get this done. Especially if it's like ninth inning, yeah, up by one. Yeah. Maybe. Or up by two and you walk
0: one in. Something like very that. Very true, very true. But in a situation where you're already losing and it's like the fourth inning and you just pulled your rookie pitcher, you're gonna put in like a rookie reliever yeah. now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it it was it was a troubling idea. And you, I mean the the best uh the I love how they they shot the camera to Trout and Trout was just like looked back and forth like he's like what what's am I like dreaming right now like what's going on right now but uh it it was a very um we have not seen that kind of baseball since Barry Bonds uh you know in the 90s and so you're almost getting Barry Bonds treatment and Corey Seager Uh, I I know he hurt us I think the previous game um and the funny thing is that's, I was against a lefty pitcher, which, I mean, we always talk if Joe Madden had been brushing up on his only the show, uh, stats, you know, Seager likes to hit lefties. He can hit lefties pretty well. Um, and so he, gave up a, he gave up a home run, uh, or, or one of our pitchers, I think Brian Moran, a lefty gave up a home run to Seager as a lefty. And it, I kind of just was laughing a little bit saying to myself, you know, it's kind of like, it's almost like, almost like gamers would know what to what to put in that position. But going back to the bases loaded walk, um, I don't think it's a move that we should continue to do at all. Um, you know, I, I think it's just one of those things where he's 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 probably I, I can kind of get that or maybe he's trying to rally the troops and kind of shake things up, but there's really just no kind of um there's really no explanation. If you lose that game and you lose it big, let's just say that inning is big. Um, I think you definitely have a conversation where Joe Madden is like addressing the front office and they're just saying, dude, like w- what 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 are you thinking out there? Like you're basically just giving up, giving up another run for nothing, and then of course that transpired into a bigger inning if that happened. But of course he'll always have on his side. Well, we end up winning that game, and we we ended up doing very well after that. And, and you know, it, it shook the lineup up. Which I mean, that's his words. It's not the other team. It's not our, our 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 lineups words. But it, it is a it is a play. I hope does not continue. Uh, you know. As we go out the season. So, I mean, I know your thoughts on it were probably, when you probably saw it, you probably were just saying, of course, the Angels are in the are in the media for the wrong reasons again. So, uh, exactly. yeah, your take on, on the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I think that my, my, one of my biggest pet peeves is that there's like no reason. Like the reason was to like shake things up. But if he had, like, I disagree with it completely. But if he at least had a reason like saying like um, he really trusted Warren against the right-handed hitting Garver See, it, it, on deck. Yeah, something, yeah. If there was Seeger's
1: like, six for six in this series. He has not gotten out yet. I am not letting him hit the ball again with us, you know, something yeah, like that.
0: But. I, I t- tell me that you really liked our bullpen against the guy on deck instead of the guy in the box. Tell me that you, uh, you know, whatever it may be, but I, the, the fact that he, he, I think he literally said something like, there's no real reason. I just wanted to shake things up and like, uh, it just kind of tells me that, you know, we, we needed a decision maker. We need to make our teams, we need to steer this ship with information that's yeah. going to help us win. Uh, that can come in the form of advanced stats and analytics. It can come in the form of experience, but it should not be coming in the form of I felt like it, which is kind of where I, I kind of felt like man kind of felt like doing something <laughs> kind of wacky. Yeah. And um, if you ask any of the players in the Angels, Travis, I can tell you what they're going to say. I know Warren said it. I'm sure Trout probably thought it is their response is, I'm not going to say no to Joe Madden. That's what Warren said. He's like, I thought it was a weird choice, but I'm not going to say no to Joe Madden. I think that it's good, of course, to respect your coach, but I think that's a dangerous precedent if you kind of are having blind faith in a guy who is calling such a wild wild decision, I guess. Yeah. You and I have talked about Madden a lot. I do think that he is not the right um, fit with our, I guess, our current... uh, Strategy. Our strategy, our opinion opinion on some of the players in the roster. Some of the guys who get play time we kind of disagree with, of course. Some of the guys that uh, fail to get play time we disagree with, of course. Some guys in AAA we think are kind of wasting away there. Um, shout out to Stefanik, of course, <laughs> and yeah. other guys who are been on the big league team a bit more than we would like. But overall, Travis, um, you know, there's different philosophies, of course, how to go about it. There are, is no philosophy that would advise a walk there, and I think that it really, um, you know, I, I can't, I cannot fully, fully bash him because we did win the game. But if that inning ended up allowing like five runs anyway, oh, or something yeah. like that, I, I think that. I think that Madden, would, honestly, that like, there's a chance he gets fired. I, I honestly, he, I honestly think like he has such a reputation of being a respected manager that he probably wouldn't have gotten fired. But um, if it was like a a rookie manager, oh,
1: Brett, Brett yeah, I, I yeah. think I think he would yeah. have been gone. And, and, and that's a good point. I think that uh, with with his reputation, he he gets almost a a big slap on the wrist, but. But he gets, Most kind, of he gets he, kind of a
0: pass. He gets kind of a pass. He does,
1: but I, I I think that you're right. I think that in some situations you will see GMs if they're aggressive, which we've seen Perry be very aggressive in the last year or so. He's you know cut pools, cut Upton, yeah, I and mean, he kind come he, mad with when you're left too. He has a vision for a lot of things, which I and like. What, exactly, what you like. You want guys. You want a guy to be you know no strings attached this is what's best for the for the, for the the program. This is what's best for the organization. But um, I think if you see that, it, it's a definitely a concerning look for, uh, you know, the leader of the ship. What are you doing? Why are you walking a guy? And then this inning just goes completely into nothing. And so, um, you, you know, it, it's, it, it's such an interesting way about it. But, you know, again, it, it, it's one of those situations where you have to most wait till the end of the game to see, did it work? It worked, but it's one of those things where, I would not be doing it again. Um, it happens to Barry Bonds only because Barry Bonds at that time was a freak of nature. I think that the the Diamondbacks, who they were playing at the time when that happened, they might have been winning.
0: They were up by, I think, two, and they walked in to one, make it one to make it a one-run game. Which, you know what? And then the next guy hit a screamer right to the right
1: fielder. <laughs> screamer, for, like that. For an out. But that's the that's situation where I definitely can see that being like, you know what? okay because i would hate to be that guy that says pitch to bonds and he hits a grand salami and then of course you're looking and saying i hate my freaking life you know yeah <laughs> i mean and, so
0: and, and especially if, if if replay that exact scenario with seager and for up by four and it's like the seventh inning then like I, give, I i give i give more understanding even though i still would say i want to have some faith in our bullpen that we yeah. just spent all this money on even though it was warren who's a, yeah. a rookie yeah um we just we just took out our starting pitcher Put in a reliever from a bullpen we just spent our entire offseason building all the money went to bullpen and we're gonna walk their no, their uh, hitter yeah,
1: no i i see that point too and especially if we're up by four if we're up by four and the base load with a guy like that which i mean seager is a great hitter but there are better hitters in major league baseball which i would be more fearful to face but um especially against the texas rangers i mean come on we're giving the texas rangers so much credit here to being this just juggernaut of a lineup we're losing to them and we're intentionally walking exactly exactly so it's really crazy i hope that doesn't continue and you know Honestly, I could have honestly seen Perry even giving a talking to Madden after the game saying, Dude, don't like don't pull that crap again. Like let's get on the same page like, here about I'm, I'm yeah, we're all over we're all over media talking about, oh my God. Of course we won the game, but we're all over it and just it's it's not a good reason to be, you know, doing that. Of course, Joe's probably thinking, Well, um, you know, hey it worked. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh what a what a crazy, you know, what a crazy look to see when we haven't seen I've never seen that in my lifetime. And finally get to see it now so
0: yeah. yeah so that pretty much wraps everything up for this episode travis a lot of topics i kind of like that format of there was nothing there's no like one big thing to talk about today so we just kind of did a big grab bag of a lot of little storylines yeah. issues yeah so gotta we gotta cover so much ground on a bunch of different teams a bunch of different players hopefully we hit all the headlines you guys wanted to hear about next week travis we'll come back again of course with all the more topics of the next week of the mlb season if you made it this far, thanks so much. Uh, like the podcast, subscribe, uh, come back with us next week as we take you through a whole other week of content. So if you made it this far, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you guys next week.
1: Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>